Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome in to the Buddhist Biohacker. We've been off air for a couple of weeks, so it's a real pleasure to be back on. And thank you to everybody who's joining us in the live. My name is Lisa Gunshore. As always, I am your host and your mystic guide in this wild world that we live in these days. And just welcome back and welcome in. If you guys are joining in the live, you can absolutely use those chat boxes. Don't forget. And please share. I would love to hear one word from you about how you're feeling today. I would also love to hear where you're from. We have people from so many different places. And we are back and we are back with a brand new special guest, a new guest to the Buddhist biohacker, Melissa Mashat. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I'm really excited to learn more about you and to dig in and welcome to Lars and Mary who are already joining us in the live. It's wonderful to see you guys here. And before we dive in, Melissa, I have our photo of the week that I just want to share with everybody. So Sherry Peterson is an incredible photographer. Um, she has her pictures just speak for themselves. And so I do want to share our photo of the week this week from Sherry is this beautiful crooked tree. And she has a wonderful story about it in the Ajatakasha app for those of you in the app. So that is the photo this week. And I just love all of her imagery. So we're going to kick off our week with that. Um, and her uh, Instagram handles right there at Sherry Peterson photography. So there's that. So Melissa, I want to dive in. I'd love for you, since you're new to our community, to share just a little bit about who you are and what you do to get started. So basically, uh, I actually grew up in a theater and dance background. Performing arts was always kind of my what I thought I would do with my life, which brought me to Las Vegas at 24 years old. Uh, and I ended up getting my real estate license. And really how this all ties together is I was ready for a real career. I needed a job. Um, I was tired of auditioning for shows. I was dealing cards in a casino. I'd always had random jobs just to like pay the bills and get by. Total starving artist, you know, living in LA, trying to make it. And I uh, got my real estate license again at 24 in 2009, which was the bottom of the market. And I had no idea that my hustle, tenacity, work ethic would work really in personality would work really well in sales it just kind of came together. And so I started building this real estate business with, you know, I have a degree in theater. didn't think I knew anything about running my own business. I didn't even know it was commission only. Like I was clueless. I just knew I liked talking to people and someone told me I'd be good at sales. Like that's how it happened. And, uh, started seeing some success in real estate, started making money, didn't know how to handle making money. I would now spend it, didn't know where it went. And, uh, just, I got into this hustle grind, 24 seven kind of culture of, you know, push through, work harder, do more. And I just started feeling like a failure and completely miserable. And I just didn't understand, like, I knew what I needed to do. And if anyone's been there, I knew what I needed to do, but I wasn't doing it. I was resisting. It didn't feel right. I really lost myself in the business, which led me on this personal development journey to figure out what was wrong with me. Why was I broken? Why was I not good enough? Maybe I'm not meant to do this. And it's been about six years of trying to like find these answers. And that led me to NLP or neuro-linguistic programming end of 2019. And that's when it all clicked that nothing, I'm not broken. Nothing was wrong with me. I was completely out of alignment and I was in the wrong role. Mm. And that message to me, how much that shifted 
my life. It's been a process undoing a lot of the things I've gotten myself into, but I started my own coaching business, Realign Coaching and Consulting, and really just became my mission to get this message out there that if you feel like you're not good enough, something's not working, you're failing, you know, we're, we're so hard on ourselves. And to me, life is way too short to be miserable. So here we here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's a, there's a lot we can dive into in that story. And thank you guys again for in the chat. We have Lars from Copenhagen. So, cool. so welcome from Copenhagen. We have Susan from Missouri. Um, we have Zofia from Delaware. So welcome. And I see some of your comments feeling beautiful, feeling divided um, is one of our uh, words today. So again, if you're just joining, share one word about what you're feeling today. I'm just curious, check in with the community. We have five shows this week and this is our first one. So I want to see where everybody's at because it's I've been out of touch a little bit myself doing those things exactly what you're talking about by the way which is you know really realigning and I think it's important there, there's an awakening process don't you think Melissa to recognizing that what you're doing is not actually in alignment with your authentic self or with your flow or your mission so what was that moment like for you it's so funny you ask that because I want to say 2014, I, I joke sometimes it takes me a long time to get the message. Like they come through. I'm just not either ready or not listening or <laughs> it takes me a while to get it. So 2014 is when I remember just kind of being stuck, trapped, miserable, didn't know what to do. Uh, found a new mentor who started exposing to, you know, NLP and mindset and, and why are, why we think the way that we do. But I would say it was probably 2016 when when he actually called me out that you don't even like selling real estate. You are just doing it to fit in and, and prove you can do it. If you had nothing to prove, like you wouldn't be doing this. And I fought him. I was like, that's not true. I want to be the number one, you know, agent with the number one team. Like so ego, so proving, so attached to I have to prove I can do this because I had attached meaning to if I want to be a successful business owner and be an entrepreneur and start these other businesses and coach and teach and do all the things I want to do, I have to prove that I can do it here first. And it was a mess. So I would say um, that awakening process has been years in the making. Um, you know, the, the physical thing that happened was a car accident in 2016 that literally was like, you need to stop what you're doing and ended up with a concussion, thought I was fine and still working, still pushing. I had employees, I had agents relying on me. I had built a team. Uh, and so that was kind of the beginning of what I call the awakening and the unraveling. But it was probably 2019 when I realized like, what have I created? This is so not what I want to be doing. I'd even partnered my business with an organization for two years it was the hardest two years of my life, like breakdown every day. I mean, it was, yeah. So I'd say 2019 is when I was ready to be like, okay, I'm ready to seek holistic health. I was still having issues from the accident years before, and I was ready to just like heal and figure out what is it that I'm even doing. So 2019 was a, I'd say that was my year of going through it and getting a lot of outside help and support, which I don't think it would have, I'd be here right now if it wasn't for going like that holistic route. So mm -hmm. what was the first, like, what were some of the first steps you took and what led you to NLP? 
So I had always been exposed to it, like I said, from that one mentor, but it was more in a sales context in real estate. They're all about scripts and language and embedded commands. And so I thought NLP was a, a ling. Well, I thought it was like a language of like scripts and how to um, overcome objections. And so I had kind of been exposed to it, but I didn't really understand or see like the mindset side of it until probably when I was with that organization for two years. Uh, I was introduced to what they called transformational coaching, and it was more business plus the mindset. And I found that we were talking all about my self-worth and mindset and not talking really about the business at all. And that that definitely got me through like that really intense two-year uh, period. So that's kind of when I got exposed to it. But when I went to the training is when it all clicked and made sense. And I'm like, oh, there is so much more to this than I've even, I had no idea. I only like heard the surface. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I want to deep dive into that a little bit because there's probably people in the community who don't know what NLP is. So do you want to explain a little bit about, a little more about what it is and how it works? Sure. So it's neuro-linguistic programming. And, and the simplest way is it's the language of your mind. It's also like the language and your beliefs and your values and kind of your unconscious, what's programmed beneath the surface, the way we filter information, the way we speak to ourselves. That was a big one for me, not realizing how mean we can be to ourselves, the words that go on that we're not necessarily saying out loud. That still affects our body, that affects our conscious, that affects our results. So to me, NLP is using language and using the programming in our mind to to achieve our desired outcome and results. And if you're not creating the reality that you want, then we got to go beneath the surface and figure out what's going on in the unconscious, what language, what programming is there so that you can change it in order to achieve your desired outcome. That's cool. So what do you do now? Like, because... You know, as I was learning about you and looking at your Instagram and website and all of those things, I mean, you do a lot with NLP, but also a lot of business coaching. So how does it all work together? It's a great question. I feel like that's been this past year is figuring out how does this all tie together? And I would say to me, it's it's the mindset of growing a business. It's if you're an entrepreneur, if you're growing a business, I mean, even in life, mindset, I feel like is... 99% of everything that we do, the fears, the doubts that come up, the limiting beliefs, what's holding us back, what's preventing us from taking action. So to me, I've kind of taken the mindset piece of it, but I, I see a different side of business where a lot of business coaches, it's accountability and push through and just suck it up and do more and hit your goals, hit your numbers. It's very like masculine energy and very it can be very intense. To me, we're missing the whole like, well, hold on a second. Why are you not taking action? I want to figure out what's going on beneath the surface so that we can clear it up so that you can go. <laughs> so I'd say that's how I've kind of combined it all now in my coaching. I have digital courses coming out. Uh, I love teaching. And so that's really what it is. It's let's figure out what's actually preventing you from hold, you know, from taking action. It's probably not what you think it is. Once we clear that up, get you in alignment to what matters to you, now you can build your business from a place of ease and flow and in a way that makes sense and supports you. 
Yeah, that makes sense. What have you noticed is the biggest blocks for people? Like, is there a theme? I would say it usually comes down to, I feel like this is all of like humanity. It's worthiness, right? And feeling like, do we actually deserve it? And am I good enough? Am I capable of actually doing this? I feel like a lot of those thoughts are pretty much what's running our entire lives without us knowing it. And we have to prove ourselves right. So if deep down you feel like I don't really deserve this or I'm starting to make money, but it makes me uncomfortable and you're going to spend it, you're you're kind of creating this reality where you just keep repeating patterns. So to me, I just, I, I look for patterns in your language, in your actions, and I'm trying to figure out like, hold on a second. I know you keep saying this because I can tell when someone says, I know I should be doing this. I know I could be doing more. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. You know, I'm, I'm procrastinating. I'm lazy. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm kind of like time out. <laughs> let's, let's take a step back and figure out what's actually, what's actually going on. Yeah. Well, and that's, I'm glad you bring that up. Cause that's a huge in, in our community right now, it's been a huge hot topic is exactly that. It's value. What's our worth? You know, what are these lack programs that are going on? You know, what are some of the steps that you suggest to people to take to start unraveling it? Because we all do it. We all do it. Me too. You know, it's like we spin in these patterns and it's, it's difficult to pull yourself out of them. Yes. So I would say I have my favorite four questions that I kind of turn to whether I'm overwhelmed, whether I'm starting to get triggered or I'm reacting a certain way. And it it's taking a moment to actually pause and self-reflect and slow down long enough that the answers can, can appear. Because sometimes we get into like, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? It's too much. I'm just too much going on. And like we shut down we're not actually like checking in with ourselves. So mm -hmm. uh, my favorite four questions, the first one is what's causing me to feel this way. And I find it really fascinating because if you actually ask it out loud, sometimes an answer will pop up from your unconscious that you're like, where'd that come from? You know? So, mm -hmm. so what is causing me to feel this way? Number two is what outcome am I avoiding? This works for procrastination too, as well. What outcome am I avoiding? Some people, it is a fear of, oh my gosh, if this works, like I'm going to get so busy, I can't handle it. Or I'm going to lose my freedom again. Or if it's a health thing, like it, this works on everything. And then number three is where you actually need to start training your brain to focus on the positive, what you do want, because we're hired, wired to focus on what we don't want. So number three is what do you actually want? Like dig into it. Why? Like, why do you want to build this business? Like, what is it that, that, why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want to exercise? Right? Like, actually, what do you want? And then number four is what is the first step to make that happen? Even if it's really small, just break it down, bite-sized pieces. And it, it's literally taking your brain to focus on what's not working, what's not going your way, what you don't like, what you aren't, you know, what's, what's kind of like just that icky feeling of like stuckness. And it's making you actually take a moment to start focusing on the positive of like, well, hold on a second. What do I actually want? Well, I want this. Okay. Well, what's the first step to make that happen? And it kind of gets you back into action again. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd love to throw it out to the group too, for everybody who's watching live. If 
even as you're hearing these questions, if you have any ahas or anything that's coming up, we'd love to hear from you. And um, good morning to everybody. And good morning, Claire. Claire said she's feeling overwhelmed, but she's ready to figure it out, move forward. And Jeff is saying good morning from Las Vegas. So um, welcome you guys who are coming in. But yeah, if you guys are have any questions for Melissa or if any ahas are coming up while she's sharing some of these questions, I'd love for you guys to share in the chat because we love that. But yeah, that's huge. I mean, even just the what's causing it, you know, I mean, I think there's so much underlying inner work on yourself just to look at. And, and we were just talking about that this this morning in one of my classes is, um, you know, the overcommitting, you know, why are we overcommitting? Why are we doing and how that really stems from a fear of lack or a fear of scarcity or not being successful? And what have you seen around that with, you know, over committing? Because it sounds like you did that, too. Right. It's like too much and building too um, big. And then, you know, you, you get to this place of exhaustion. I'm just curious how you manage that. And uh, it's so funny you're asking that. The reason I'm laughing right now is because I did not realize how much I was saying yes to and how much I was committing myself to. And then when I did start to realize like, oh gosh, I need to start removing myself from a lot of these things. And then I did find alignment. I found this new world of digital entrepreneurs and masterminds and courses. I went so far extreme over committing in the things that felt good and were exciting me and inspiring me and connecting with new people that like I did the exact same thing. It was just with people that and doing things that was lighting me up, but I was still saying yes to everything. And so this has been a very like recent awareness of, okay, <laughs> I need to learn how to say no. And I need to learn how to put some boundaries in place and actually protect my time and my schedule and my energy because I found that I was not allowing myself any space to create or to do the things I said I wanted to do in my business or build these digital courses and record videos. And it was like, well, my schedule's so full between podcasts, connecting, teaching, you know, coaching, like, where's the time? Like, I don't have it. And, and when I really got challenged to look, I was like, oh, I'm saying yes to everything at any time. And I have zero boundaries in place. So I would say this has been like a 30 days maybe in the making where I didn't even realize there were still a few things I had on my calendar that were no longer making sense. Uh, so some tips if you're like, how do I even start? You, I would write out a list of every single obligation, commitment, job, task, Every single thing you're doing, like, and it could be cleaning the house, it could be laundry, it could be picking up the kids, like literally put down everything that you do and then go through that list. And some of the questions you can ask yourself is what is draining your energy? What are you not lit up and excited about? What actually you look at it and you're almost like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do that, but I don't have a choice. We always have a choice. So go through and actually circle or highlight everything that's draining your energy, or maybe you're not getting the best return on your time, right? Like you might enjoy it, but it might not actually be giving you a return in the way. Like if you were using your time doing something else, you might actually get more out of it. So that's type, that's like the first baby step. Um, and then of course, 
figure out what you can delegate, figure out what you can cancel, figure out what you can recommit or renegotiate, move the time, you know, whatever it may be. Um, But I feel like awareness is always the first step. Yeah, I agree. And I read an article a few years ago, and it was really transformative for me that was talking about really defining your commitments. Um, And the example that the man had used in the article was his son wanted him to coach soccer um, for his soccer team. And so he had written out what those commitments would be, how much time it would take and all of these things and had a discussion with his son about, I could commit to these things, but I can't commit to the full amount. And this is why. And so what you're saying about really listing those commitments out and and defining them, I think is so important. And that was really transformative for me. And I'm still learning lessons about overcommitting. But um, it's really amazing when you sit down and say, okay, if I'm really going to get behind these particular things and be committed to them, this is really what it means. Because I think we don't do that enough. I think, like you said, we say yes, or we get excited about something like you're saying, like we want to, I want to learn this and I want to learn that. I want to learn this. And before you know it, you're like, I can't even look at a video course because I've signed up for 10 and I don't even know where I'm at and where I'm supposed to be. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wrote out all those too. And I was like, wow, when am I even giving myself time to watch these? Like, yeah, I absolutely had a problem like buying everything and saying yes. Cause I just, I I was in like such consumption mode and growth Mm -hmm. is one of my core values. I believe in always learning and growing but I did not realize I wasn't even giving my brain a chance to rest because on a day off or a weekend, I was still consuming. Mm-hmm. And that was a big aha for me again, very recently where I was like, what would happen if not only did I stay off my computer on the weekends and I did not work, but I also didn't consume. Like I gave myself a break to just process and digest and be. And that has been such a game changer in my energy, my focus, clarity. Uh, but it try it, it's easier said than done, right? It was it, mm-hmm. it's a work in progress that I'm being very um I need to be, we all need to be a little more gentle with ourselves as we're figuring this out because I was in such denial uh that I was even doing it. Like it was so I wasn't even aware. <laughs> so yeah. Totally get it. Totally get it. So Jeff is sharing feeling worthy of success is definitely a realistic hurdle. And, you know, what do you have to say about that, about feeling worthy enough to be successful? It really starts with what is your definition of success in the first place? Because I think you asked earlier, what are the patterns or what are what are the things that like seem to hold most people back? And, and what I realized is it's following society's rules of what it should look like instead of following your own rules of what you want it to look like. Mm -hmm. So feeling worthy of success, we, by human nature, can tie our our achievements to like our self-worth. Like, well, I'm not successful enough. That means I'm not worthy of this. But again, like what is your definition of success in the first place? And I think that a lot of it starts there because it'll feel like we're never going to get there. Or I, you know, I, I tied it to income. If I don't see a certain amount of money coming in, that means that I'm not a successful business owner, or I don't know what I'm doing, or this isn't working. And it's like, 
why is it that that money is the only measurement of whether we're worthy or not? So I, I like it's it's taking some time to like dig into that too of like, and I'm working on that myself because to me I'm very like, well, if money's not coming in, that means that it ain't working, <laughs> mm-hmm. or I'm not doing enough, or I need to do more. And I'm learning right now that it's actually that unattachment getting clear about my vision again of what success even means to me. Why am I doing this in the first place? And the money will come when you almost like detach from it. It messes with you, but I'm working on that too. (laughs) Well, no, me too. And, and, you know, to share my own direct experience with you about it too, is, you know, I catch myself saying, well, I'm not really making anything or I'm not really, you know, I don't see any abundance. And then it's like, well, no, wait, actually, you know, I just received a lovely gift that somebody handmade for me and I received a painting and I have people who send me their books and it's like, there really is abundance. It's about what the definition is of abundance and, and really being able to be supported. And I think that's a huge paradigm shift for all of us right now, as we move into this age of Aquarius is it's not about fiat currency. It's really about being able to feel vital in your life and how that comes in and, and how the exchange works doesn't really matter. It's that there's an energy exchange. And I think that's a big shift in our mindset. That gave me chills. Yes. A hundred percent. Like we are so conditioned and used to to tying, like I said, tying that self-worth to our achievement, to money, to income. And it's really interesting because like you said, like abundance is everywhere. Things are flowing and we, are we open to receive it or are we blocking it? And with money, that's a huge one, especially with like, you know, uh, healers and people who have a gift to help. And, and it's like, oh, well money, I don't, you know, it, it's almost like there's a, a negative belief associated with money and earning money. And, mm-hmm. and so they don't realize they're actually putting up a block from receiving. So yeah. I love that you started to see like, well, hold on a second. If I'm starting to get these presents and gifts and like, we have to celebrate it and show that like abundance really is everywhere. But I love how you said that, like, but what is abundance to you? Is it only like money coming in? But if someone like bought you lunch, is that not a money coming to you because it didn't come out of your pocket? So I actually do train my team all the time of like, oh, I'm broke or I can't afford it. I'm like, you just, you know, you just won this or you just earned this, or I just took you to lunch. Don't you see that's abundance? Like, like I gave you a gift and you need to be open to receive it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes back to like retraining your brain. And I definitely have, man, that's been up for me this past week of like, wow, I'm really con- consistently stating I don't have X rather than stating I've actually received that back attitude practice and all of those basic things that we've been taught, but then we forget them, you know, because you are busy and you do do all this work and different things. And then you're like, oh, I forgot. Like I need to be grateful. You know, it's not even need. I want to be grateful and I want to acknowledge that receiving. And, um, Claire is saying, I'm definitely over committing. I'm in a transition phase of moving towards what I want, but need to continue with what I'm doing for income and also can't put off the opportunities to move forward. And man, is that a tricky place to be in when you're making a transition 
Um, and yet you're still trying to do old things and new things. And what do you think about all that? So I've, I've definitely been there many times and it's, I I've learned a lot of lessons in that and I'd love to share. So I'd say the, the first one is setting a deadline, setting a goal. How long are you willing to do both and having clarity around like, I understand you don't want to cut off your income, right? You want to be responsible, completely uh, value and appreciate that. And I would also be clear, how much money do you actually need saved to have a safety net? Is it three months? Is it six months? Like, what do you actually need in order to like make that jump? Like, what does that look like? Have you defined it? Because I find that if you aren't clear on that, you're going to be stuck there forever just because it'll never, it's never going to, you're never going to be ready, by the way. Like you'll never feel ready. It's never going to be ready. Um, but to me, it's about making a decision. And that's when you decide like the pain of what you're doing at some point, I don't know if you want to wait this long, but the pain of what you're doing, that's not in alignment with, with who you are will at some point get so great that it's almost like, I don't even care anymore. I'm going all in because like, I can't do this anymore. So everybody's different. Their threshold is different. Um, I did this quitting the casino and going full-time into real estate. I thought I needed three months saved and I needed all these deals pending. And I reached a point where I was like, well, I'm not there yet. And if I don't jump now, I will literally be stuck for another six months and I can't like think ahead in six months, if I'm still where I'm at, am, am I going to be okay with that? Mm-hmm. And I, for me, the answer was like, no, <laughs> and it's scary. And I'm not saying you want to like put yourself in jeopardy by any means, but to me having kind of a clear vision of what that looks like, or at least a plan. So you know how long you're doing this for. Um, but I have to say, I also stepped out of selling real estate in this year, like January and I'd been talking about wanting to, you know, stop selling real estate. I still lead and run my team, but me physically stop selling. And what I learned is that uh, the only difference between January 1st and the past five years I've been talking about this is I actually made a decision and I started saying no to clients and giving them to my team. Like that's the only thing that changed. We weren't ready We didn't have business in a certain place. And when I look back, I'm like, wow, how long did I torture myself? Because I didn't just make a decision (laughs) and Mm -hmm. trust myself to go for it. Oh my gosh, Melissa, you're like sparking all sorts of things inside of me because I was in fashion for 21 years. I don't know how many people know that. And so I, you know, worked with clients as a psychic medium on the side that, and I would like go full-time mediumship. And then I go back to retail and I was back and forth and back and forth. And then I just stayed in retail for a long time. And, you know, I really did get to that point that you're talking about that threshold where it's like who I was, what I believe my life experiences were so out of alignment with the fashion industry (laughs) for sure. No matter how much I love fashion, I still do. But like, it was so out of alignment with the industry and where it was headed and what was happening. It was like, there was no way it was like, it was like so painful just to go to the stores every day. And, and even to see the suffering of my team 
that was like not aligned. It's like, you could just see the pain of everybody like, oh, this is none of this feels good. And there was that point where it was like, you just had to make a decision. Like I just had to make a decision no matter how scary it was, no matter what income I was walking away from, I had to go do what I came to the planet to do. There was no way I could go one more day. And even with that, Melissa, I still went back and I was back. I I went full-time spiritual work for like a year. And then there was an opportunity that came up that I thought would be in alignment. It was a a, you know, a very uh, eco-focused company. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, well, this is in alignment with mission and earth and all these things. And I was only back, you guys, for two weeks. Two weeks, Melissa, that's all it took. And after two weeks, I was like, there's lit- this is done. This is done. And so that's my, you know, sense. You do get to a point where it's like, I'm either going this direction 100%. Or I'm just going to continue to be suffering in this other space. And Claire said that definitely makes sense about balancing. Um, one thing is what I do for income is an in alignment, but not sustainable in the long run. So transition is necessary. And um, Jeff says, my guides posed the question, if you could do anything for a career, what would it be? Mm-hmm. However, I always end up back to what I've done in the past. And my intuition says it's time for a change. Mm. Ooh, I love that. So. Jeff, if I may ask, I always end up back to what I've done in the past. So what is, here's the thing. What is it that you've always done in the past that, that lights you up or that you like, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Sometimes you're doing the right thing, but it's not in the right context. So like I grew up performing and wanting to be on stage and dancing and musical theater and performing, right? And it's it's funny to me because real estate, so not in alignment with who I am and what I want to be doing, but there was absolutely an element of performing and teaching and speaking and doing all these things that did fulfill me in a way, but that wasn't the right way for me. So like what we're doing right now, being able to share and have this conversation, like I was kind of in a funk this morning and some things are going on, of course, in the world and all the things, but just having this conversation, it's like reignited this, like my, my passion, my purpose, my flame, all of it. So sometimes, yeah, see, this is interesting. You said advertising, but I'd rather help people feel better, but stay creative. So you have to figure out what it is about about advertising or about what you're doing that you're actually being called to do, but like, it may not be advertising. Like you might not be in the right context. So I would just challenge you to, to really like sit with like what, like write it. I'm all about lists and writing things out. If you can't tell. The same thing with Claire, like the transition, make a plan, right? What does the plan look like? I found that having something in place, whether it's three months or six months, kind of gave me like, okay, I'm doing it. It is moving forward. So I could stop beating myself up of feeling stuck or I'm being pulled in two different directions. Uh, And my favorite thing is I start telling people, like I started telling people on podcasts that I was retiring from real estate sales at at December 31st. um, And I hadn't told anybody else. And so it like came out publicly and I was like, oh, I guess I'm doing this because that that's my accountability is like, I'm going to just tell everybody I'm doing it. And therefore I need to follow through because everybody knows now. So 
that's how that happened is I said it on a podcast and I was like, oh gosh, okay, well, I guess, I guess I need to go through with it. <laughs> but same thing with Jeff, with advertising. What is it about? See, advertising is probably fulfilling your creativity, but what else could you be doing to help people and also fulfill your creativity? Yeah. And that's a good point. Cause you're still your gifts or your gifts. And, you know, and for me too, I, I was in fashion retail and I managed teams. My, my ability to connect with people, to intuit where they're at, um, served me well in, in building teams and also working with customers because I knew what they needed. I can't tell you how many times people were crying in the fitting room with me and it was just because of who I am. So I was yeah. using my gift, but the construct wasn't yes. in alignment, just like Melissa's saying. So it's important to do what Melissa's saying, which is to identify mm -hmm. what talents are, are serving you and, and making you excited and inspired because you can always put those talents in a new construct. Mm, I love it. And even just saying that out loud, I'm like, oh yeah, I started teaching real estate agents in my office. I started coaching a group of agents in my office. I started saying yes to all of these things. And then all of a sudden I was overcommitted, but I was being, it was, it was sneaky because <laughs> I ended up leading role play, which is basically practicing our scripts. And, and I ended up doing that like three days a week when, when shutdown happened last March, I did that March through December, three days a week. It was only 30 minutes, three days a week. So in my mind, it was fulfilling my love of teaching and helping. And it wasn't until someone actually challenged me to do this exercise where it was like, is that the best use of your time? Are you getting a return on that time? What would happen if you had that free space in the morning to actually do your videos and teach in a different way that is, is more in alignment with, with what you're building? But it was sneaky. I was stuck in it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm teaching. I love it. It's great. And now that I'm not doing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I can pull my Oracle cards in the morning now. I don't feel rushed to like get on a Zoom call and like, I don't need to talk about real estate. I'm, I'm doing this instead, right? Like imagine if I said no to this because I had to lead, teach realtors how to use their scripts. Like nothing wrong with that. It's important, but like that's not what I'm here to do. And so, yeah, you have to be very careful because they'll, they'll sneak in and trick you and like, you'll get tested. It's like opportunities, right? Sounded like a great opportunity. Oh, you'll get tested. <laughs> yes. Yes, you will. Now you had an article written, I think about you that was about staying true to your values. And it's my opinion that it's often difficult to even identify your values. And so I want you to share a little bit about that, a little bit about what that means to you to stay true to your values and how you can help support people in identifying what they actually value in the first place. I love values in this conversation. If you can't tell my whole energy just shifted, you just asking me about it. I was like, yes, let's do it. So, so what I learned actually through NLP uh, master practitioner training is that Values are like our deepest unconscious programming. And, and a lot of people think it's a conscious, like, what are my values for my business? Like, what do I want them to be? Values are who you are. It's what you naturally do with your time. It is naturally what excites you and lights you up. And, and here's, there's actually a book I read as, that started a little bit of this awakening called The Values Factor. 
think it's Dr. John Demartini, the values factor, and it gives you exercises. His whole point is that there are things you naturally do that nobody needs to twist your arm. So for some people that is exercise, that's not mine, but like for some people, they are like religious about working out and exercise. They don't need accountability. Like what do you not need accountability for in your life? It could be shopping. It could be playing video games. It could be reading, like start paying attention to what you like love doing, what's important to you, because that's actually your values dictate what you take action on and what you don't. And so there is an exercise that you can do to figure out your values like at an unconscious level. And it really is asking like, what's important to you about the context of your career? What's important to you about family? What's important to you about your health? And it's not things you want. Like it's things that you already have. Uh, So my thing with values is that if they're not being met or if they're being violated, you'll leave. Work a job, um, especially your top ones. Like you could have 15, 20, you know, values, but your top like five really dictate if like, like if you've ever left a job or quit, uh, values were not being met or they were being violated. That's usually what it is. If you stay, something is being fulfilled. Like Jeff was saying with advertising, right? My guess is creativity, helping are part of his top values. So they're being fulfilled in a way, but it may not be the best, like it's not fulfilling all of them. I can yep. give more examples if you need them, but. <laughs> no, I, love I mean, I love it. I was just listening to you. I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of an interesting, what would you say are top values you see in people? Hmm. You know, everybody's really different. And so it depends on what's important to you. So I would say entrepreneurs usually have freedom is a very high value because I'll put it this way. Not everybody values freedom. There are a lot of people in the world who do have jobs who value stability and they value security and they value routine and they value like having, um, safety. Like, so I see those are kind of like the two, like, and, and not right or wrong, good or bad, but like employees usually have higher values of stability, uh, safety, routine, loyalty, and more of your like creative free spirit healers, entrepreneurs. It's like freedom and, you know, purpose and, um, I'm trying to think growth, right? And everyone is, they're still different. Um, But what I do find fascinating about this is that people who tend to block money, like we kind of talked about earlier, money is usually nowhere on their values list. Mm. And I find that fascinating because there's exercises we can do where you can actually move a value or figure out what that block is. And I've done it for number of clients where we actually moved money up and we cleared up the blocks around it. And all of a sudden, like their behavior changed, their action changed because now it's important to them. Wow. That's cool. So what all are you up to? What are you offering and what are you teaching? Because for all of you guys who want to check out Melissa's Instagram, because she's got a lot of great stuff on there. It's just, um, her Instagram handles just at Melissa Mashad. And 
Um, I love your Instagram and you have a lot of great stuff on there. And so um, what kind of stuff are you teaching? What are you doing? What are you offering? I'd love for you to share with everybody here. I'm excited that you're asking me that now because I feel like I actually have some answers. <laughs> Whereas the past couple months, it's been like, just come follow me on Instagram and I'll let you know when I've come up with things. <laughs> so I think right now, um, the, the big thing happening is I'm building these digital courses that are about building a foundation in your business. It's the mindset behind it. It's sales skills and what that looks like. A lot of us fall into entrepreneurship and okay, you're your own boss, but you don't realize you need to sell things and you need to, you know, work on your mindset and your belief and your money blocks and all of that. So uh, I'm building kind of, it's probably in the next 45 days, I'm going to say, I want to say 30, but let's say 45, where it's kind of um, foundations of building a business. Uh, and then I also have courses about how to grow and scale your business and making it easy and in alignment and in a way that works for you. So I'd say digital courses are like the big thing that are coming uh, very soon. And that comes with hiring too. Cause again, as entrepreneurs, where do we ever learn how to grow and scale and hire? And I never realized how much real estate taught me about leadership and leading a team. Oop, you still there? I'm here. I can hear you now. <laughs> Are you there? Oh, no. We might have lost Melissa. Oh, she's back. There we are. Okay. There, I was we, are. there we are. So yeah, it's, it's, I feel like everything I offer right now really is teaching the mindset of building a business, regardless of where you're at in your business. I do offer one-on-one, -on -one, some group stuff's coming. So I would say if any of this resonates or you have more questions, come find me on Instagram, DM me. I'd love to, to share and, and talk more and keep you posted. So that's so awesome. And then I want you to share, we have a link coming across the screen with your quiz. So what's your quiz about? So the quiz is basically helping you figure out what the next step is in order to grow your business or maybe where you're stuck in your business. So it's nine questions, super simple. If they don't resonate with you, that means that you're either in a place where you're not necessarily stuck. Maybe you are in alignment or you've, you've grown and kind of figured things out, which is amazing. Um, but I find that that where people get stuck, it's either mindset, we're getting in our own way. It's sales, not understanding sales skills in conversations. Uh, it's leadership, how to lead others. That's a whole other skill set we don't realize we need to learn, especially when you start growing a team. And then hiring and, and like, it's time for leverage. It's time to hire, but you're so overwhelmed and drowning. You're like, well, what am I supposed to even do? So I feel like those really are the four foundations of like everything I teach is mindset, sales, leadership, and hiring. So I love it. I love it so much. Well, I just really appreciate you coming on the show. I think gives so much to share and I'm so glad to be able to share you with the community. Thank you again for hat. Like, like if you can't tell, this is exactly what I love so much about these conversations. And I'm just so, so grateful. Oh, well, I'm excited and hopefully you'll come back. And I'm, I feel like there's more for us to talk about for sure. And thank you to everybody who's been a part of the audience today and for sharing. I really appreciate it. I want to remind everybody that we do have our own social media app where we have a forum for Buddhist biohackers. So if you want to keep this conversation going, 
please go to your app store or your Google Play store and download Ajatakasa. Um, it is A-J-A-T-A-K-A-S-A. It means infinite and boundless space in Sanskrit. And that is exactly what it is. It's really beautiful. And you can join the Buddhist biohacker group and we can continue this conversation in there. And just a reminder, we'll be back tomorrow with Mary. She is one of our Diamond Beauties this month. So uh, Mary Lydia Ryan's an incredible pianist and composer and sound healer and just all those great things. And thank you so much, Melissa, for being on today. This is really, really great. Thank you. And I'm happy to come back anytime. <laughs> yes, please. Oh my gosh. We'll, we'll definitely talk for sure. And thank you to everybody who's watching and have a fabulous Tuesday. Bye guys.